You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Welcome back, everybody, to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Ravens Post Game Uncensored on 105.7 The Fan. And I'm Cordell Woodland, host of Shaking It Up Sports on 105.7 The Fan, as well as the Ravens beat reporter for that section. Last time we talked, uh, Cordell, Ravens won in Tampa Bay, ended up 5-3, and three, and a lot has transpired since the last time uh, we talked on this podcast. And let's start with the biggest news, um, Ravens trade for linebacker Roquan Smith from the Chicago Bears. Uh, this is a huge trade. It's a second and a fifth round draft pick. And if he doesn't re-sign in the offseason, it turns into a third-round compensatory draft pick. I think that that's something important to to acknowledge because, you know, a lot of – we're forgetting that part, right? Like somehow the Mm -hmm. Ravens still find a way to get a draft pick if it doesn't all work out, which is crazy. Uh, So – this is huge. This this is big. You and I have talked about this before. Um, the linebacking core, although they have definitely improved and we love the way that Malik Harrison has played, it just still felt like that they were missing something. Um, Malik Harrison has been consistent. Obviously, Patrick Queen has shown, a, shown us flashes of what he really can be, but it just was an on and off type of situation. And it really felt like this is what was needed to bolster the Ravens defense, which has struggled at times. Um, and run game, particularly when we saw Calais not being available. Uh, This is a trade that I felt like was necessary. It's funny because I tweeted the day before I was watching the Cowboys-Bears game, and I just was like, Roquan don't want to be there. Make the phone call, Eric. So, you know, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and take some credit for this, even though I deserve zero credit. Um, (laughs) But, you know, Maybe he saw my tweets and maybe he said, you know, maybe she's right and I'm going to get on the phone. And yes, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take some credit that I absolutely <laughs> don't deserve, but it's okay. Uh, we do that all the time around here. So 
Um, I just want to get your thoughts on this trade. Again, you know, this is big. And then considering the fact that you have uh, Harbaugh mentioned that, you know, Tyus and Ojabo is pretty much, it, it appears that they're going to be activated um, on Monday night. Will they play? Obviously, we don't know. Or if they play, you know, many snaps, not sure. But this is a big deal, having Roquan and then having guys from injury come back at the same time. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, and it adds into maybe the Ravens, one of the more weaker areas of their t- of their team at that middle linebacker spot. So now you look at the linebacker group in general, they could potentially be, you know, a top line, possibly the best linebacker group in the NFL uh, right now. Roquan Smith leads the NFL in tackles, you know, and yeah, just o- over overnight. Overnight, you just you see what having talent does, and we've talked about the fact that they haven't had a lot of game changing talent on their team on either side of the ball. But Roquan Smith kind of he gives you that, no doubt about it. Um, and it's a it's a big swing for the fences for Eric DaCosta to show that he's in it for you know he's trying to make it happen this year. They're not just about to stand by and watch the Bills and the Chiefs fight for the AF. See, no, that like like I said before, I think we talked about it on the last show. The third spot in the AFC is wide open. Like, who is the third best team in the AFC right now? I would say today, I would say it's the Ravens. And that Me was too. before Oquan trade. Yep. I thought that the Ravens, the way they looked on Thursday, especially in that second half, the way that the rest of the AFC has looked over the over uh between Sunday and and Monday night, I, I think the Ravens. Have, have kind of put them slid themselves in that spot with the win on Thursday, but the Roquan trade kind of all but solidifies it. I mean, the Dolphins are there, and I know the Dolphins beat the Ravens early in the season. That could be debatable, but right now, I I would say that I would think that the Ravens are probably the more dangerous team right now. And like like we also mentioned the addition of Tyus Bowser and David Ajabo back onto this team. We know Bowser's gonna play Monday night in New Orleans. We don't know about Ajabo just yet, but the fact that Ajabo is on his way about as close as he's ever been to getting on the field for this team, you have to feel good. And this this defense is kind of turning it up at the right time. So now when you add these guys into a defense that's already starting to hit their stride, it could be a little dangerous. So I I think that this is a a great opportunity for the Ravens to be able to separate themselves from their division. And we'll talk about that later on. But this defense, you talk about them going into a lighter part of their schedule. The defense is going to have to be the thing that really, I think, uh, dominates and uh, dominates in these upcoming wins because the offense, which we'll also talk about later, I don't know how often the offense is just going to pop uh, for for twenty four points and a half. Maybe it'll happen more often, but the defense, I think, is going to have to be the staple of this team. Yeah, I agree. And, and I've seen a lot of conversations about like how is how does this work? And I, I just really feel like um Smith and Queen can coexist for sure. You know, having him there allows Patrick Queen to to do more things in terms of rushing the uh, the quarterback and and you know making those tackles behind the line of scrimmage. And and so 
to why is this an even an issue? We had a conversation in the offseason about Bobby Wagner potentially coming here, and it felt like everything was fine. And so I feel like this is not necessarily a different move. He's a younger player. Um, he has a very high ceiling. And so, you know, at the end, and when we were talking about bringing Bobby Wagner, wasn't like they were going to not keep Patrick Queen at that at that port. So I, I don't know why we're thinking that these two guys can't coexist on the football field. They absolutely can, and they will. Definitely. And I think that it elevates, it helps elevates Patrick Queen's game by Roquan Smith being there. Um, and you, like I said, you can do more with Queen because he is fast and he, you know, his, he has some agility there. So th- this really is a great pickup for the Ravens because. You know, they're going to get more guys that can rush the pass. They're coming back. Their secondary has played well and, you know, or, or have trended up, you know, in the past few weeks. Um, and then that doesn't even, you know, include the fact that at some point Marcus Williams will be back uh, to play. Mm-hmm. Linebacker core, to me, was their biggest question mark. And by doing this, it solidifies their linebacker. This could literally change the dynamic of this defense. One guy can change the dynamic of this defense in addition to other guys that will be returning from injury. So this defense can literally skyrocket to top 10, Cordell, just on this trade alone. That's what you want. That's exactly what yeah. you want. You need a linebacker that's going to cover tight ends. You need a linebacker that's going to make tackles, you know, and, and Roquan Smith can do all of those things. And the AFC is really big on tight end play. We've seen that Kansas city with Travis uh-huh. Kelsey and um, the situation in Buffalo, they love using knots at times. So you want a guy that can be able to do all of those things. And he's the perfect fit for this defense. Now there's no excuses. No more excuses. I don't want to say no more excuses. They have the depth from uh, a defensive line standpoint. They have a good linebacking, a really good linebacking core now. They're secondary. Okay, you know, Marcus Peters ain't what he used to be, but, you know, he's still a physical guy. Hey, man, no excuses. If y'all don't end in the top 10, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, I mean, the defense is – the defense looks good now. And you think about what's really been their probably one of their biggest weak spots, at least to start the season, which was their pass defense. Their pass defense has been trending up a lot lately. And I would make the argument now. I mean, I talked about them having maybe the best linebacking crew in the league. They may have also the fastest linebacking crew in the league now. Uh, Patrick Queen is far from slow. Roquan is arguably the fastest linebacker in the league. Um, and then you also have Tyus Bowser, who's the Ravens' best coverage linebacker on the team coming into the year. And now you add Roquan, who's a very good coverage linebacker. It, I, I think, like you said, it gives Patrick Queen the ability to do what he does best now, be the blitzer, be the guy to play in the opposing team's backfield. And sure tacklers. Uh, I mean, this is probably the best tackler. I mean, <laughs> Roquan is very good. At, at his at, at what he does, and I think it definitely solidifies the middle of this defense, which is important right now. And the interceptions haven't necessarily been there for the Ravens as of late, but I think with guys that they have now in the middle, you'll see more hands on, ended up on a ball 
uh, over the middle of the field that may end up being able to be a tip drill situation. Now, you have more playmakers on the field. Just him and Bowser coming back at the same time is is kind of crazy uh, for this defense, the way it's, it's kind of working out for them. And I, I'm really excited to see Ajabo because I think it's going to do nothing but make a guy like Justin Houston, for instance, that much better. Because as, as we've seen over the last couple of weeks, Justin Houston does more with less. Um, yeah. When he's not out there for 80 and 85% of the snaps, he looks like a totally different guy. Four snaps in what, his last 40 plays, I believe. So uh, four sacks, I should say, in his last 40 plays. So he's he's really been a guy that I think is showing that if you can keep him fresh, he can be a problem for opposing offenses. So adding a Jabo out there to be a part of that pass rushing stable is is dangerous. It's dangerous. And Calais wasn't even there Thursday night. You know, I, I, I think that the sky's now the limit for this for this Ravens defense. And like you said, I mean, not not many more excuses. I mean, it'll take time for got for him to get adjusted. And it's still guys like you still got rookies on that defense, especially in the secondary like Pepe and Kyle Hamilton yeah. or st- who are still working out the kinks, but are definitely trending up. Both of them. Kyle Hamilton, I thought, had Yet another good game Thursday night. Pepe, he he just always really impresses me. I just think he needs to continue to get reps. Um, yeah. But this defense, once they are kind of gelled together and they're all on the same page and Roquan is caught up to speed and Bowser and the job both kind of get their legs under them and get some games under their belt, they 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 could be dangerous. No, no doubt about it. Absolutely. I just like I just think that this is what they needed. I think that this is this kind of allows the, the secondary to kind of roam free a little bit and do some things, um, particularly because there's a lot of youth in the back in the backfield. Yes, we know that there's Marcus Peters. We, we know that there's Chuck Clark. We know that there's Marlon Humphrey. But pretty much after that, everybody else is pretty is pretty young in that secondary. So having some up some your front seven guys being, you know, um, dominant helps your backfield. I mean, I've always felt that way. And so, you know, you're now you're potentially able to rush the passer with Tyus and Ajabo making a way back. You're able to cover uh, the middle of the field with your linebackers. And now your secondary is able to, to do what they need to do. So I'm just really excited to see how this will unfold. Um, I don't. I have no reason to believe that he won't play Monday night. I mean, it happened a week ago. I don't see why he wouldn't, yeah. you know. I don't um, I, You know, it's just some verbiage that they got to work on, but – you know, he got teammates that'll help him out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I mean, today, I mean, well, Tuesday's their off day. So once he, if he can, you know, if he practices throughout the week, like you said, I, I don't, I don't see a reason why he wouldn't be out there. But middle linebacker is a, is a complex position uh, to play. You definitely got to know where you are. So even if he plays, I don't know if he'll be out there for, you know, as much as he'll play once he gets fully uh, acquainted with this defense. Um, but I, I would be surprised if we don't see him at all on Monday night. They need him because uh, Kamara uh, is playing well. And and, and what's the other mm-hmm. guy? Was his name Raheem? He got, they got a dude. Oh, the, 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 the name is Raheem. Back? Yes. 
yeah. He's playing uh, well as well. Listen, you need you need what you need, okay? Like Kamara has always been a, a concern of mine. So you know, listen, get what you can. Go out there, young man. If you're healthy, we'll figure we'll figure out the terminology later. The bye week is literally the next week. You can figure it out. We'll give you the playbook and give you some tips on how to do that. But you know what you're supposed to do. Go after that man. Or, or you know what I mean? Or go after that quarterback. You know how to do those things. You don't need terminology. To oh, do yeah. Things. Yeah. And, I mean, and you, like you said, it, going up against a guy like Kamar, you need uh, a, a very good coverage linebacker on him for sure. That doesn't – I mean, Bowser being back, that his first game back being having, having to cover a guy like Kamar, that's going to be tough. Uh, but him and Roquan there, now, now you cook it. And yeah. with Chuck Clark com- coming down in that robber, you know, that's 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 a problem. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. So if you are enjoying the Winning Drive podcast, make sure that you have hit the subscribe button. So every time Cordell and I have a new episode, you will be the first to receive it. All right, Cordell. So we saw uh, a tale of two halves. If, if, if you will, um, from the offense in the Tampa Bay game, the first get, the first half, they were terrible. I mean, they couldn't get anything going. Um, and then in the second half, you know, I don't know, maybe some adjustments were actually made. Um, but, you know, yeah. obviously there were some forceful things that happened. We, the loss of Mark Andrews, the loss of Rashad Bateman forced the offense to be something different. And the difference in that, was uh, really good to see something that, you know, I, I think was necessary for this offense. Um, you were able to see Lamar spread the ball around. He looked much more confident, ironically, um, in the second half of that game in terms of making decisions. Um, you know, uh, guys were getting involved. Demarcus Robinson, of course, Devin DuVernay, you know, he was going to find his way back. And so Greg Roman went back to what he was doing with DuVernay against the Bengals game that was, had had some success. Not sure why we didn't see that again until the second half of um, the the Tampa game. But here we are. Okay. Um, And so, you know, you're at a situation where it appears that Rashad Bateman will be out numerous weeks. We don't know how long, but Harbaugh said it was more than a tweak. Um, And Mark Andrews, while it doesn't appear to be serious, I'd have to assume it's very possible that he doesn't play Monday night which will force Lamar and company to continue to do what they did at the end of the Tampa game. My question though, is when those guys come back, Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman, because essentially they're your two best offensive weapons on this football team in terms of skill players. How do you find a way to sustain what you did in the second half and, and incorporate those guys? Or is that even a, a sustainable type of situation? It Does it completely change when Mark Andrews comes onto the field? I, I think it definitely changes with Mark out there. It's whether it's Lamar being locked in on Mark or Greg Roman specifically 
calling plays that are intended for Mark to be the, the first read. Um, it's just, for, I have to see it to believe it, to see them spread the ball around to these guys the way they did on Thursday night with Mark Andrews on the field. That's tough for me to imagine. I mean, they had 29 targets to everybody outside of Mark Andrews. And that was, that's, and, and, and that's unbelievable to see uh, specifically in the second half, considering he's not out there. I, I just don't know if that'll be the case if he is. Um, he just demands he's he's everything for this offense. And I've questioned it for a while. I've wanted to see them do what we saw in the second half. I wanted to see more of the Duvernay in the in the red zone. I want to see uh guys like Prochet being able to get looks. Isaiah Likely, who stepped in tremendously, looked almost like a Mark Andrews clone out there. You know, I I, I want to see him involved more often, but and I think it's a way for it to happen, even with Andrews on the field. Um, I just think it's on the Ravens and specifically Greg Roman to make it the emphasis to make sure that everybody else is engaged. It's just tough to be a receiver running routes out there over and over when you're not getting the ball. But you saw what happened when you do get these guys incorporated in the game early and often. Uh, it took a while. Like you said, it, uh, the only guy that was really there all game, I think, was Demarcus Robinson. Demarcus Robinson was – he was kind of Lamar's safety net the entire night. Um, but once Andrews was gone, you saw him have to rely on other guys. And he went eight for eight in the in that second half, uh, throwing two touchdowns. Like you said, it, he looked more comfortable in the second half when he was able to get everybody involved they have to find a way to force defenses to be honest. They have to find a way to put the type of stress on defenses that they did in the second half of that Bucks game, because if not, you become, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they, they, everybody just knows what you're going to do. You know what I'm right. saying? You, you Predictable, you, basically. You predictable. Yeah. You become, you become extremely predictable. Um, and I think that's been their problems in the past, especially over the last couple of weeks when this offense has gone dry. I think it's because teams, it's it, we this offense, this pass offense isn't the most complex. Um, so on top of that, when you know where the ball is going to go, it's not the toughest thing to stop. Although Mark Andrews being as good as he is makes it as tough as it is. So I, I want to see the offense keep up what they did on the, in the second half. I'm just not over com overly confident that that'll be the case once 89 gets back on the field. Yeah, I mean, he's their best player by far, obviously. I, I think that any most people will pick Mark Andrews, particularly in a one-on-one -on -one matchup. Mark Andrews is going – look, I don't care if he gets bracketed. I mean, like, Mark Andrews is going to get – most of his touches he's he's that's just what it is he's going to beat most coverages and you know I do wonder you know how much of it is like you I, I believe that Mark Andrews is a guy that runs a lot of option routes in that offense and that's fine um especially if you and your quarterback are on the same page and understanding where you should be and in, in terms of that but 
my problem is pinpointing on a guy like that. I, I think it's unnecessary when you have other skill players that do good things on this football team and you learn that in the second half. I think that you, you mentioned making defenses playing honest. To me, the answer is simple. Start with some short and, and underneath routes. And, and make them play back. And then when you're able to do that, uh, when you're when you're making them come up, excuse me, when you're making them come up, then you can throw the ball down the field. It's not hard. Get The things that Lamar doesn't really love to do, sometimes are going to be the things that he's going to have to do, like he had to do in the second half of that football game. And, you know, I just think that you have to find ways to make defenses think that that they don't that they know you and then they don't and this is the perfect opportunity for that you know you saw plays where he threw the ball um in the flat to a Demarcus Robinson and it didn't look like he was getting the first down but he found a way to get that first down in that Tampa game exactly. things like that you need those types of plays and an offense I don't care if Mark Andrews is there or not you need those types of plays everything can't be a home run and Lots of times those areas are open because defenses see on film, Lamar ain't doing that. So Mm -hmm. what you need to start doing is that. And if it's not working, then you can try to find ways to move the ball down the field. But I I truly believe that the flat and the underneath passes are there for the taking and that you have to capitalize off of those things. I don't know what this offense is going to be like when Mark Andrews returns. It feels like they'll probably just go back to what they were doing. But to me, that's a combination of both Greg Roman and Lamar being too Mm -hmm. dependent on number 89 when you have other guys. Because we sit here and say, well, the Ravens need another wide receiver, which they do from a um, perspective of depth which we've talked about too. We were blue in the face this whole summer about them needing more wide receivers, but it ain't because they don't have some talent there. We've seen guys have talent. DuVernay has talent. I bet we literally had uh, a segment talking about DuVernay potentially being extended this off season. So we know that there's talent in, in the wide receiving group. Prochet don't even know, you know, Hey, what, what it is, what they want from him. You know, but he's there. You know what I'm saying? You got uh, you got Demarcus Robinson. Use him. You know what I'm saying? And then, I mean, I don't know what you expect from Deshaun Jackson, but he's there. He's obviously a fast guy, and he will be really good in doing some type of wide receiver screens and, and such. So my thing is, is that you have the ability to make certain plays. They're just not the plays that y'all want to do. Hey, do you want to win football games or not? Because if you want to win football football games, you got to sometimes just do the things that you don't want to do, which is, you know, throw the unsexy passes uh, two yards, three yards mm-hmm. in the front. And hopefully that that person gets some some, you know, yard, some yak after the fact to get a first down. It's all about moving the chains. It's all about time of possession. Those things are, are what they are. But I think Mark Andrews is such a dominant presence on the football field. It's almost like the, the Ravens as a whole, from a coaching perspective, from a Lamar perspective, they're enamored with Mark Andrews and they just feel like they got to get the ball to him. And mm-hmm. I just, you hope that they can find a way to distribute the love when Mark Andrews come back. I'm just not confident that that's what's going to happen once he returns. I mean, and you look at a team like Kansas City, Travis Kelsey is, just as good. You know yep. what I'm saying? They could go that route and throw Travis Kelsey the ball 15 times in the game. But I, but you look at what makes them so dangerous is the fact that they force you to guard everybody out there. Everybody's an option. And I think that's the offense you got in the second half. 
from the Ravens, but they have to show that they can be that type of offense uh, on a weekly basis, whether Mark Andrews is out there or not. And in a sense, it makes Andrews even more dangerous. I think you look at Kelsey, look at, you know, Kelsey is just so efficient out at what he does. You know, they want to get him the ball, but yet he still finds a way to get open, just like Mark Andrews, <clears throat> except the Chiefs don't just go to – it's not as predictable as the Ravens the way that they do it. It's just you don't know – you know they want to get it to Kelsey, but you don't know for a fact that it's going to go to Kelsey this play, whereas, <laughs> you know, in Baltimore, you, you know the ball's going to Andrews. So I, I think it's imperative for them to – to really keep everybody involved, really squeeze as much juice as they can out of that Devin DuVernay uh, situation because he's clearly a talent. Um, Isaiah Likely is a talent. I am kind of worried to see if the run game will be able to keep pace with no Gus and no JK. The run game really didn't get stirred up until Justice Hill was incorporated and now we're back to Kenyon Drake being kind of like the main guy uh, in that run game. And albeit he had a good game Thursday, but I think if you look at that second half, he was kind of able to get things. He had Gus to help him. Gus had seven carries um, in that game still, and he was able – you had Gus wearing the defense down, and then you had Drake being able to find the rhythm. I think the Ravens making it a mission to incorporate Justice Hill a little more than they do Right now, I, I truly believe it'll it'll go a long way in this offense. Absolutely, and 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 you know, listen, you got to utilize the guys that you have. This could be a, a blessing in disguise. I really hate to say stuff like that, right? Because you still want Mark Andrews out there. You still he's still the best player on the field. Rashad Bateman, you still want him out there because you know of his of his talents, but. When you're forced to do something different, sometimes that's what it work how how it works. Now I don't know how that's going to be incorporated mm -hmm. when those guys come back, but um, you know I'm interested to see how this continues to evolve without them on Monday night because we know that they won't be um, available. Well, the, I, I, we know Rashard Bateman won't be available. Has Harbaugh come out and said that that um, Andrews will Andrews not play? Uh, he he didn't he didn't solidify that they wouldn't be out there. Um, he he said that it's still he, for for Andrews and Gus. It doesn't seem like either of theirs are going to be extremely serious. Um, but with the bye the week after, you know this Saints game, it wouldn't shock me if neither of those guys play. Got you. So, you know, here we go. <laughs> you know what I mean? And likely appears to be just fine in the role that, you know, he uh, in terms of stepping up um, to be the guy that Andrews um, not not saying that he's Andrews. I'm just saying that be, no. to be the guy that Andrews has been on the field. So we'll but see. You, you, you see some of the imitators out there like like a Michael Jackson imitator and some of those dudes are like really good. They ain't Michael, but they really good. They like, oh, man, yeah, that's that true. Like Michael, like that's kind of <laughs> what Isaiah likely looks like when it comes to Mark Andrews. Like, no, it's not Mark Andrews. But you talk about somebody that's probably like really studied what Mark Andrews does and has tried to imitate him. And you'd be like, damn, that, if I didn't know better, I would have thought that was Mark Andrews. But I, I think that's the type of situation it is. You, you really couldn't ask for a better situation to be in. If you're going to lose Mark Andrews, I mean, to have likely sitting there, I, I, I think it, it'll be a really good thing for this team. I absolutely agree with you. 
All right, before we get into our final segment, make sure that you are subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast. And if not, I don't understand what you're waiting on because this is some great content that Cordell and and I have going on here. So make sure that you are subscribed so that every time there's a new episode, you will be the first to know. All right, so we talked about the addition of Roquan, um, the potential, uh, you know, activation. Well, not the potential activation, the activation of Tyus and Ajabo and their potential of playing on Monday night against the Saints. And, you know, this offense, how different they looked in the second half. And if they could put that all together, Cordell, I really believe that the Ravens are in great position to win the AFC North. Um, the current state of them right now feels like it's trending up. We talked about how this defense has trended up week after week. I, I don't see any difference in that regard. Um, the offense has still had some shaky moments, of course. But if you think that they could keep the momentum going from what they saw in the second half, then you really feel positive about it. The run game has found their way back to this offense you know, um, and, and getting guys involved, I think is really key um, offensively for this team to, to really, you know, propel and do well. Um, I, we talked about before the scheduling of the, of the rest of the season. And I'm not huge on things like that because I think football is still a week to week sport. Uh, you know, you see teams that aren't supposed to beat teams do it all the time right when you look at their mm-hmm. their win-loss perspective and um you know the saints just blanked somebody last week the raiders the raiders uh you know so who who have a lot of talent on their football team so you know they're, they're they have talent you know the saints although their record might not say that they're you know doing what they thought that they do they're they're underperforming i think that that's a fair thing to say um but also they have glimpses of when they put things together i think the ravens are in really good position um because you know even though i'm not a huge fan of saying that the team it's not like their schedule is completely hard the the falcons are still struggling the 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 carolina panthers still got their situation going on um you know the steelers obviously have I don't know what's going on with them. They're they're a mess. Uh, so, <laughs> and and you haven't even played them yet. So that's two games that you have, you know, All against right. the Steelers. Um, so you know, we talked earlier like about well, who's the third best team in the AFC? The Ravens could easily bring themselves to be up to be the third best team in the AFC, and, and that's. Not crazy to say, because I think that many people thought that the Ravens had the ability to do that. But as of right now, you know, after those those couple of games early in the season where they were, you know, back and forth, win-loss, win-loss, and games they should have won, you know, they lost, it looks as though they're in a good position to be the third best team in the AFC minus um, uh, behind the Bills and the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, they, they look like – to they could be that team, especially with the addition of Roquan Smith and the fact that they're somewhat getting healthier. They're getting healthier on the defensive side of the ball, for sure. Offensively, they're kind of going in the wrong direction. Um, But I I, I do think that they are in a position to stake a claim if somebody said that they were the third-best team in the AFC. I I can't call them crazy 
like I said, the uh, the the biggest competition to me for that spot would be Miami. And I know the Ravens lost to Miami earlier in the season. Uh, that that's kind of a tall sub situation. I'd like to see what happens if the Ravens find a way to run the ball in that game and maybe uh, ice a ice a win that they should have had under their belt. Um, I don't know if that's the same Ravens team today, but that, they're not that far from that team. The Ravens went in two straight now, but just a couple of weeks ago, we were having a totally different conversation about this team. So I still want to see the consistency from the Ravens before I start to really push them up uh, into that spot. But I, I, I could see them being the third best team in the league right now. And you look at this division, I mean, Cincinnati looked terrible against Cleveland on Monday night. and that, That's my favorite you know, song right now, a- by the way. But listen, listen, because we have to see Bengals fans on yeah. social media go and talk about what all the stuff that they did to the Ravens last year. Well, guess what? Jamar Chase talk. is going to be out for, what, at least a month? Oh. He's going to be out for four to six weeks or something like that. And the uh, the Bengals looked very mid, looked very regular without their their prized possession. Uh, you know, the Browns did some work on it. And the Browns, to me, have a talented roster. So I don't even, like, want to mm-hmm. go there with them with that. But look very mid to me, the Bengals did, you know. So yeah, it's did. very interesting to see that unfold. Yeah, you know, and they're, like you said, dealing with a couple injuries, Chidobe, uh Awuzie, I think he's looked like he's going to be out for the season, too. So, yeah, the, the Bengals are going through it. Uh, right now. So you look at this division, the Ravens have a game and a half lead over the Bengals or two games, uh, I believe, over the Bengals right now. And uh, this this just looks like a division where the Ravens can kind of separate themselves uh, from the pack. Browns still got to kind of keep your eye on them. They, they don't, I'm not going to say they're trending up. That was a great win Monday night. Um, but I, I don't know what to expect from this team on a weekly basis. Deshaun Watson is possibly on his way back. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think anything has necessarily changed in that situation. So he'll be on his way back in a couple of weeks and who knows, but right now the Ravens control their own destiny uh, right now, the, being division leaders. And the, you know, like I said, it, it's really up to them. We know the schedule is favorable for them. That doesn't really, mean much to me because the NFL is 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 really a week to week league and the minute you start looking at the schedule and marking W's I think you're going to get what you got when you uh overlook certain teams like the Giants albeit the Giants record says that they are a really good team we saw Sunday that the Giants ain't what the record says they are they 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 are a team that can win football games but they they weren't a six and one football team. I don't think they're a six and two football team either. <laughs> I, I think we'll we'll see who they really are as the as the season goes on. But yeah, in a in a season where a lot of teams that are supposed to be better aren't that good, you know, anything can happen. Anything can happen. And I think that the league is just dying for consistency. You're only getting consistent play from three teams, you know, right now, Chiefs, Bills, and the Eagles. I mean, yep. the Cowboys is, de- is debatable. I-, I just – I got to believe the NFC East 
you know, uh, I do believe Philly a little more than Dallas, but if you want to throw Dallas in there, fine. That defense is pretty good. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's not many teams that are showing that they're going to have a chance to be there, uh, be that last team standing. So, you know, the Ravens are kind of built for this. Uh, I do think that they're starting to hit their stride. You start to see them figure it out. Something clicked for them in that second half that just they just look like a totally different team. And we have been talking the last couple of weeks about them and trying to figure out what is their identity. And right. that second half, it looked like the Ravens team that we thought we were going to see for uh, the first eight weeks of this season. And it hasn't been that case on a, on a consistent basis at, at least. So, uh, I do worry about some of these injuries on the offensive side. Uh, you know, Gus, I know it's not serious on Gus, but you just never know with this type of stuff, especially hamstrings. Hamstrings are just they're, they're one nagging. of the most nagging injuries you could get. Um, and then Andrews is kind of getting worn down now. He, he has the knee issue, and now it's the shoulder issue. It's, you know, I, I think the, the usage – is is going to make an impact at some point. He as much as he may look like a machine, he's not. Um, so and then Rashad Bateman, how long is his foot injury really going to have him out? You know, they that we we thought that the Ravens needed a receiver before. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. now that is it's definite. I know Deshaun Jackson's on his way back. I, you know, he'll be an extra piece to this puzzle, but. I don't I don't think that he'll be the piece that you may have that he may have been six years ago or something like that. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's it's cool though. Uh he's a body. Uh, but the, he's a body yeah, that can yeah. like say, he's coverages, a, he's but he also deals with sure. hamstring issues because of his speed, right? So there's that part. Um, you know, I would love to see, you know, uh, EDC find a way to get a wide receiver somehow um, in a trade. But look, I, I ain't. I, I know that's asking for a lot because of what you already have done uh, with the Roquan Smith uh, situation. So, you know, you got to play with what you got and, and maybe use those other guys that you got, Prochet and those other and those other guys. Get them involved as well. So, yeah, I mean, it, it remind you know, the second half of that Tampa game reminded me a little bit of, um, the game against Seattle in 2019, where they just kind of it, it felt weird for a while, and then that fourth down they went for it, and and then they just propelled from that point on, and then that season propelled, and I think that you know we heard Lamar say, "Oh, this ain't the same old Ravens." I, I don't think it's anything wrong with being the same old Ravens. I think that the thing that needed to be um, fixed was, you know. I think the things that needed to be fixed was simply just trying to get Lamar to evolve from a passer perspective back in 2019. And I think that he's done that. Um, I think that that's a fair thing to say, but I don't think it's anything wrong with running the football. Like what's wrong with no. running the football? Nothing I, I is don't wrong have... with running the football. I mean, you can, you can definitely, you have to be able to run the football. I, I just think we, people, including myself, we look around the league and we see sexier offenses and they're throwing the ball all over the place and just throwing for four or 500 yards, multiple touchdowns. And it's just like, man, I want that, you know, and it's just not the way that the Ravens are built, Uh, but they can do it in a different way. Um, And it may not be 
as appealing to the eye to people who aren't necessarily Ravens fans. But in the NFL, you know, sexy doesn't always win. Um, right. So you, you just got to find a way to get it done, especially when you get to the back end. Of the, I'm all about who has the formula to win in January and February. That That's that's really what I care about to, to me. When I look at teams in the NFL, how I gauge who uh, who's the best team in the league, I, I kind of use that type of projection as to like, okay, despite who's winning now, who who do I see as the type of team that can win in the later months of the season and into the playoffs? Who has that type of style? Who has that type of roster that can sustain during that time? And I, I think the Ravens have that that type of mentality to be able to win in the back end of the season and into yep. the playoffs. I think they definitely have the roster to, if not just be there, to win games in the playoffs. They can make noise. Um, I, I just think that they're still chasing that consistency. Uh, but if they get if they get that, I, I do think that the the Ravens could could reach the the level that they want to get to. I completely agree. And and so, like I said, like, I think that they have all of the capabilities of doing that. They just got to execute it. They got to coach better. They got to execute better. They got to, you know, do all of those things. And I think that they are absolutely up for that type of challenge. They they have the personnel to be able to, to do that. So it will be fun to watch. Uh, hopefully Monday night they'll continue to trim uh, what they did at the end of the Tampa game and um, just spread the ball around and continue to run the football well. Because Justice Hill is, it has done really well. And I, I've been pushing for Justice Hill. Love Gus Edwards. Don't think anybody is like him on this roster. Let me be clear. Mm-hmm. But the, the swiftness of, of Justice Hill um, and finally utilizing him more in this offense, I think is much needed and can really help if Gus is not able to play on Monday night. So. We will see how this goes. So I want to thank everyone for joining us on the Winning Drive podcast. From Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive.